What up, what up, what up? What's happening, y'all? This is the Fire This Time Podcast. Right back at you again. My name is Sonny Ture. And I'm Akita G. And we are so happy to be joining y'all, be joining with y'all once again. This is episode 62. And just as always, we're going to let Akita G kick things off with the proper greeting. Well, you know, as usual, you know, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming back with us and and enjoying the episode with us and making things fire as normally. We're trying to give y'all that heat as normally. Always remember, like, share, subscribe, and all that little good things, you know. Check out for the new shows and stuff like that. And two, comment. If you got something to say, comment on it, and you know what I'm saying? We can uh, definitely, you know what I'm saying, try to oblige you, especially if you want us to speak on something. But um, as usual, you know what I'm saying, we here. Give you this fire So you know We're going to talk about A couple of things This week You know A few things this week We definitely got to talk About the PNB Rock situation mm-hmm. uh, We're going to Also mention You know A little bit about The Darren Seals uh, Recent FBI files release Yeah right. they was watching My man You know what I'm saying They was watching it But it sounds about right That sounds about right Right there Yep And then uh, We also going to tackle This MSNBC Uh Calling out Kevin Samuels and black men and everything. Still not getting to the point of why black men just ain't rolling with them Democrats. Right, right. Not digging down to the core. Yeah, they ain't. So, yeah, we're going to get to all that. So let, let's actually start at the top of the list, Aki. Uh, you know, and first off, as we got to say, you know, rest in power, rest in peace to PNB Rock. His, uh, you know, condolences to his family. And uh, definitely a tragic situation all around, Aki. Now, I know you got uh, a little bit more knowledge than me as far as you know, living out there in the West for mm-hmm. some time. And, uh, you know, knowing the do's or don'ts. And that's been a big part of the conversation Yeah, uh, around his death, you know, as far as how rappers should move in and around L.A. Because as what I've been hearing over and over again, it's go time. Yeah, in LA right now, it's open season on rappers in LA right now. That's what I've been hearing, Aki. And the news has been—it's been playing out like that as well. I mean, you so know, what I'm saying ahead. LA, it, it is go time in LA. LA is expensive, bro. It's expensive to live over there. So if you still over there in LA, you struggling to live. Unless you just balling out, you struggling to live. And um, you know, when the heat come up, the G's come out. You know, Jackers is known over there. Um, you know, I didn't really know too much about PNB Rock. You know what I'm saying? Um, his music ain't necessarily my vibe, but you know what I'm saying? He was known um, in the game and things of that such nature. But once I found out, you know, all the circumstances that sort of the elements that went into how my man, you know what I'm saying, got taken off, you know, you moving to you you seem a little bit too much of a reckless movement in LA. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't be like that. Um, you know, one thing is this, your girl posted where you was at. Now in in typical situations that wouldn't be a bad thing. If you had been at the other Roscoe's near Hollywood, I think you probably could have did that. Now that don't mean that if they would have did that the G's wouldn't have came. You know what I'm saying? But it's it it would have been a little more better setting over there. You did that at you did this at the other one. 
You know what I'm saying? You did this at the Roscoe's Chicken Waffle. Pretty much, I want to say this, east side, because Main Street is normally considered to be the east side. You know what I'm saying? Of L.A. Um, he, he, it happened on Main Street and Manchester. So what area of L.A. is this happening? Somebody who is you know pretty ignorant about you know what I'm saying I mean, the, shoot the over territory there. over there man you got main street crips all up you got two sets of main street crips going up and down there you got six pack um you got six pack east coast on um over there near main street shoot you got a ton of sets over there you got a lot of like 97G's all of them you got a lot of groups um matter of fact you go further south you got Athens Park you know what I'm saying so it's a whole neighborhood. Uh, East Coast uh, Q102 is over there. Um, shoot, Kitchen Crips is near there. They just on the other side of Main Street. They, you know what I'm saying? But Main Street, is, it runs north to south in L.A. So they got a lot of sets that go up and down it. But you probably be more towards Main Street. He would be more near the Main Street Crips. Probably more towards the 9-8. You know what I'm saying? Or they further down south. You know what I'm saying? So, but... That's not even a place that I would ride through. And that's real. I wouldn't be moving through that area like that. Because it's just filled with different sets. And filled with different gangs over there. You know what I'm saying? It's a vicious situation. And they said that it was uh, a conflict around the watch he was wearing or a necklace. So, I mean, I mean, I, I definitely hear your, you know, your caution about moving around that location. If I mean, you're unaffiliated, but... In addition, you know, wearing expensive jewelry, I'm sure it's compounding the, the pressure. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I say this. You know, robbery is robbery. Criminals use technology, too, to their advantage. You know, um, your lady posts you and her out there. They can see the jewels. You know? And this ain't this ain't her fault, you know what I'm saying? She just enjoying her time. She that's what they do. This is what we do now. We post where we at. But hey, them boys is them boys is coming, you know. And I think that I think this is a big reflection of what's going on in LA far as with the economics. You know what I'm saying? Black people are being priced out of Cali. Period. It's expensive to live over there. That's why a lot of them run into Vegas, you know, uh, Vegas, Arizona. You know what I'm saying? It's expensive to end to live in Cali. So, you know what I'm saying? People hungry, they go after what they go after. But that ain't no reason for a brother to have his life taken. You know what I'm saying? It's messed up that he had to get shot. You could have just took the juice and rolled. You know what I'm saying? And saved the brother's life. You know what I'm saying? Even if you did pop him, you could have popped him in the foot and rolled. But... They not playing. They giving dome shots out now. If they going to pull it out, they want a body. Ain't no logic with they pistol play now. So, you know what I'm saying? It's sad. It's a sad story. You know what I'm saying? To see him. You know what I'm saying? See, you know, he was a young dude. You know what I'm saying? And he obviously was getting some type of play. But then, as you know, I keep, we got to talk about the other shits that's going on with that right there. You know, PNB. You know what I'm saying Was on a Pacific label Distribution If I recall right um, Empire Distribution Empire Distribution And uh, Yo it, it, it's wild with them You know um, When you break it down 
there's seven like seven rappers that's been signed with Empire Distribution and they all dead Extetion King Von Mo3 Drakeo Drakeo the Ruler and Young Dolph all of these men gone and they connected to this lamb label now I ain't really a conspiracy guy like that no I'll take that back I do got a lot of conspiracy shit with me but I can say this my negro senses tell me that something ain't right with that you know um I don't know you yeah, know I, I, I'm right there with you Aki I know I, I've been seeing a lot of people uh I ain't gonna say conspiracy theory I ain't seen no evidence but so I guess we can give it that label yeah and of course with the idea that some conspiracy theories you know they be coming out to be true yeah. some of them you know what I'm saying yeah but uh, what I've been seeing was that, you know, the label had insurance policies out on all these rappers that got killed. Got oh, You know what I'm saying? Okay. Of course, I ain't seen no evidence about that. But I guess that's some people, you know, rationalizing it, you know what I'm saying, that type of way. I understand it just because, like, the you know, these labels, these distrib- distributors, the music industry in general is vi- vampiric, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a, you know, what I'm saying, it's bloodsucker, as yeah. Malcolm X would say. It's yeah. a capitalist, yeah, enterprise, yeah, and uh, we know how that's appropriating, packaging, selling, manufacturing, you know, from our culture. Yeah, I mean, when I look at the list, you know, good about one, two, three, three of them. Was definitely supposed to like they was definitely up and coming, um, jumping in the streets, making a name for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Young Dolph, Mo Three for sure. I liked Mo Three stuff. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then you got Vaughn. You know we know about Vaughn because we here in the Midwest. Also, SXX Tenacion yeah. was one of the biggest streamed artists. Yeah, at his time. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying, man? You know. People need to look at that label Because some shit ain't right Something don't seem right with that You know um, But um, You know it's a little tragedy man You know what I'm saying Them all solid brothers that's gone If it is true that they got some insurance policy on them And they just taking them off one by one Then really when it come down to it It ain't shit new I think we, they did that with a lot of different artists from the past mm-hmm. You know um, It's just a wild situation You know what I'm saying Here and see Sorry to see another brother gone. But uh, I think we're going to move on to the next subject. Yep. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, still on the topic of uh, black men, you know, losing their life. Yeah. Uh, this brother, Darren Seals, lost it in service of his people. Yeah. You know, as a martyr. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a controversial figure, Darren Seals is. And this is, the, this is taking place in Ferguson, Missouri. Yeah. By the way. Uh, if you know about Darren Seals, he was one of the grassroots uh, organizers, activists on the front line that uh, from Ferguson. Those that came into conflict, especially Darren Seals, with this national white liberal media supported mm-hmm. right key right there, yeah. Black Lives Matter infrastructure that came into Ferguson to 
you know, some some you know, some will say, some are saying as a counterinsurgency. I mean, that's just for the real. Yes, counterinsurgency and takeover. Mm-hmm. Say it raw. Media wise, that t- takeover was clear. Yeah. The meet the national media spotlight didn't go to the indigenous leaders. It was those that were bust in. Yeah. And came through media caravans, damn near. None of them lived in the city. And I mean, <laughs> and I remember, I remember, I remember the social media callouts from the Black Lives Matter national organization saying, "You know, we're going to come to Ferguson, descend on Ferguson this weekend." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, and we know that that was a play. We know now that that was a play. You know, not just that needed support, but also an important tactic in, you know, displacing the leadership. Yeah. As far as uh, the national Black Lives Matter leadership. And we've seen what they did. I mean, what's the evidence for this? We've seen what they did with that spotlight. Yeah. It's not like that actually came in. Got $90 million. And skated. Partnered well with the indigenous organizers. And then, uh, you know, distributed resources fairly, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, from and provided a national infrastructure. The critiques wouldn't be what they are, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But it's the opposite of those things. So, again, this is not about the gender or sexuality yeah. of the leadership of Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. but their dereliction mm-hmm. of their duties yeah. in their platform, in their position, mm-hmm. you know, social movement-wise for black folk. And... Uh, you know, and Darren Seals, once again, we got to say, he was in conflict. Uh, and just recently, you know, we can come into, come back around to more of that conflict. You know what I'm saying? But the, the major news item today, Aki, mm. or that's recently came out, is that Darren Seals was, uh, FBI files. Yeah. Can, uh, the FBI files on Darren Seals has came out. So I'm reading from an article on uh, Riverfront Times, and uh, the title of it is Ferguson activist Darren Seals was was surveilled by the uh, FBI file shows. This was written by Ryan Cruel, put out on the 16th, or just a few days ago. And the folder of his file, the file itself was uh, over 900 pages. Damn. Again, the FBI file on Darren Seals was over 900 pages mm. uh, it, the article states the file on Seals runs over 900 pages but around 860 of those 60 of those pages were fully redacted mm. 900 page file 860 pages redacted that means removed black ink you can't see you can't yeah. read nothing and the remaining 45 or so pages still had significant partial redactions. Mm. And why are things redacted in FBI files? Mm. It's because of ongoing investigations or the cover-up, the dirty work, password of what they do. I remember the There's going still, to- real quick, my last thing, there's still redacted FBI files on, on people like Malcolm X, mm-hmm. Megger Evers, list goes on. I remember when... Um- in the, in the late 90s, I came across some files on Malcolm X before. Brother, let me see some files. And the only reason that he had them unblocked out was because he got them early. Mm. He had got them back in, like, the 70s. Mm. And now if you go look at those files, some of them they have, but, yeah, they still, you look up them files, you don't have none of that. And I noticed that, too. I, I seen another elder brother, and I remember he let me see some files that the FBI had on the Nation of Islam. And if you try to look up those files now, blacked out. So, yeah, 
when they have when they blacking it out, it got something to do with the dirt they doing. Or the dirt they still doing. Right. It says notations in the file indicate that much of the redacted text pertains to quote investigative techniques and procedures as well as private information about people other than SEALs. Oh, you don't want me to know how y'all do y'all thing. According to the report according to the report, at one point SEALs was investigatively detained during a traffic stop conducted by police at the request of the FBI. Mm. So the FBI is requesting local police to stop Darren Seals and other black activists. They harassed them. The specific police agency working with federal law enforcement is redacted as well. There might be a new force we don't even know about, Aki. Yeah. Them black identity extremists. You know what I'm saying? How mm-hmm. they going to quell that in ways that they can't suffer media scrutiny on to protect national interests, these white, really white nationalist capitalist interests? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got to start asking these questions. We see it playing out. Even with the eighty-five percent, really not probably ninety-five percent blockage, yeah, of the FBI file. I mean, th- this is shit we know now. We know it now. And uh, you know, th- so it goes on. I mean, the article opens up saying Seals was an activist in Ferguson who came to prominence during the protest following following the twenty fourteen killing of Mike Brown. In September twenty sixteen, he was found shot and killed in his car, which had been set on fire. The murder has never been solved. That's FBI right there. In the in the file, the FBI refers to Seals as a self-described revolutionary who has espoused somewhat militant rhetoric and has access to weapons. Seals, who was 29 when he died, suffered numerous gunshot, gunshot wounds in his life. In the wake of the 2014 protests, he gained national attention for his anti-violence activism with a focus in particular on combating police brutality. And get this, the article goes on to what we're winding back to, right? Seals was outspoken in his criticism of National Black Lives Matter organizers and activists whom he accused of getting rich off the name of Michael Brown while doing little for the area of St. Louis where Brown came from. So, Again, this article is, is letting it be known. He was in conflict with the National Black Lives Matter group, which, as we know, there we were covered last week. There's a now a new lawsuit from the grassroots chapters mm-hmm. against the national leadership yeah. because of their mishandling lies about money and uh, and more. Yeah, uh, buying mansions. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Living in a fucking life of luxury yeah. because of the the money raised off of the deaths of black men, largely. Uh, so yeah, we see it right there. I mean, Darren Seals is is is, is known for slapping. I think D. Ray McKesson. Yeah. Uh, Blue vest. I bet he enjoyed that. I, <laughs> I bet he did. I, I bet that, he enjoyed that. That was uh, worth the worth the charge. That was Den- <laughs> that was Denmark Vasey's spirit <laughs> appearing. Like like I I remember how them snitches, them coons got me up out of here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, it's wild, you know, but it's real though. Um, this ain't nothing new for black people. We've seen many of our leaders taken out through that. You know, we found out about Cointel Pro Tactics a long time ago. And so, um, now we just know for sure that they was involved in taking him out. Multiple gunshot wounds in your car is set on fire. And then it ain't really even investigated like that. Yeah, that was a government hit. They neutralized my man. You know what I'm saying? Um... Very outspoken brother, you know what I'm saying? Needed to be. Called out shit the way he's seen it. 
And you know It could be to protect It could have been to protect You know what I'm saying Some of the shit that They That he Was calling out That they may have had um, Definite participation in So uh, Unfortunately As black As new African revolutionaries We can't FOIA The cell phone records Of the coons Yeah And put them on trial Yeah You know what I'm saying We can't do that Uh and in fact, America would protect the, their coons. Yeah. Right? So, our options are limited in that regard. Yeah. But we do got some files mm-hmm. of the, the coonery. Yeah. For instance, you know, uh, you know, and, and somebody on Twitter, you know, when I seen this uh, pop up on the news cycle, right? Somebody on Twitter pointed to this woman named Brittany. Uh, and I forget her last name. You know what I'm saying? It's just Brittany on her face on, on her Twitter. And our, uh, but uh, pointed at like people like Brittany are the ones that you know basically marked Darren Seals for removal for being targeted. You know, showing themselves as the ones more willing to work with the liberal democratic machine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then oh, look at these. You know, horrible, violent, savage black male who's disrupting that. You know what I'm saying? And Darren Seals. So just listen to some of these things. So Brittany today on her Twitter is a filmmaker, public health nurse, PhD student, a quiet riot, and still has the hashtag movement for black lives in her handle. 21,000 followers. Her Twitter name is B Dula Oblingata. B Dula Oblingata. And still lives in the St. Louis area. But listen to what Brittany had to say back in the day concerning Darren Seals. I cannot wait. This is a tweet. I cannot wait for the day we can drag his ass in the street. Cannot wait. He is so jealous, and that much jealousy is dangerous. Darren Seals is a prime example of why I think black men are the utmost of trash. People are so jealous over visibility that it is now too dangerous. I'm way more terrified of my own people than these racist ass police. (laughs) And if I really quit movement work, that'll be a while. I'm not being killed by the hands of a black man. Nope. So really sound like Michelle Wallace. Yeah. You know, as far as the hatred vilification of black men. I mean, you know, and just because Darren Seals is is raising badly critiques, and we've seen his critiques, solid critiques, he, critiques he laid out in 2014, 2015, are are so clearly true today. He did. A, we did a show specifically on what was it? The 12, 12 chapters that broke away mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. So. We, 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 you know, this been going on for a minute. And that, that number has grown. Yeah. There's even more chapters associated with the recent lawsuit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, we get this, you know what I'm saying? It immediately turned into a uh, violent black man, you know, said you fear dying in the hands of a black man more than you do these racist ass police. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It just shows, you know. A natural sort of thing going on in our community right now and this is starting to trickle over into activism you know what I'm saying um, truth got to be called out when it's called out no matter who it's called out on um, a lot of people seen him calling out Black Lives Matter 
is that he was attacking black women. And that's sort of, you know, false to the fullest. But, you know, this is what they um, like to put out there. You know what I'm saying? They like to put this type of stuff out there. You know, we got to be watchful of it. But, you know, saying Darren Seals was from those streets. You know what I'm saying? Darren Seals was there doing the, the foundational organizing for the group. Not the Black Lives Matter, but for the protests against Mike Brown's death. And before they could even get fully organized on the ground, outsiders came in and I guess did the organizing for them, but then left. Right. I mean, and then just step, taking a little step back, this is that this Black Lives Matter rose to this, uh, you know, position based on the infatuation that white progressives, white liberals had with it. They never found that type of rooted base in the black community yeah. and still don't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, ask the average working class black person how they feel about Black Lives Matter. It's not it, it's not something that's where we find intense reflection within that movement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, um, like I said, it ain't shit new to me. I already thought that the system had something to do with his death. I mean, real talk. Just when I heard that how he died, you know, shot a bunch of times, car set on fire, didn't know there was no real investigation about it. Yeah, system put a hit on him. For sure. Whether they did it directly or had somebody, one of their puppeteers do it. They preferred a movement that sought to decenter black men, although black men during those years made up 95% and upwards of all police murders. Yeah. A movement was rising up for the police murders of black people. 95 to 99% of those black people getting murdered by the police were black men. And the movement that arose was explicit in their urge to decenter black men. Mm-hmm. Something that the black community wasn't even asking for, especially yeah. in the liberal type of performative, you know, form that it took. Yeah. Uh, a la intersectionality, mm-hmm. you know, which we got just got done critiquing uh, last week when we talked about Kimberly Crenshaw, yeah. who coined the term uh, being honored by the Clintons. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a lot there, our key, you know what I'm saying? A lot there. And I appreciate uh, what you shared as well, my brother. But uh, let's go on and finish up this episode with the last topic, man. Uh, we watched the MSNBC segment. Yeah. Hosted by a black woman. Uh, you just type in MSNBC black voters or black male voters or MSNBC Kevin Samuels and maybe find it on YouTube. But uh, she got on there, Aki, and uh, basically accused black men of being of you know feeling without warrant feeling ignored or marginalized by the democratic party yeah because we're too consumed by kevin samuels ideology right Hmm. and also another guest on there said that we don't vote democrat as much as black women uh or as much as we should because of sexism and patriarchy yeah you know what was not in that conversation was anything about all the black men with felonies that can't vote yeah and just a reflection of the degree to which the democratic party ignores intentionally marginalizes uh the plight of black men Mm -hmm. within their agenda 
Yeah. Year after year. No Pacifics. And uh, we're not targeted for the representation mm-hmm. from a whole society level that black women are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, MSNBC earlier this year on Juneteenth, uh, you know, a day signifying our resistance to as a community. Yeah. You know, to white supremacy. They host a the future is black woman uh, event. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a <laughs> yeah. you know, so. And uh, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot there. I key, I, you know, I find it to be gaslighting. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Black men facing what we're facing and then being told constantly that we're the problem, that we're overinflating uh, what we're facing and, uh, you know, we need to, uh, you know, get in line. You know yeah. what I'm it's a lot of gaslighting. Well, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's... Booty to the polls, Aki. Yeah, booty to the polls, baby. I mean, you know... Um, Let's just be real. You know, a man, he blamed it on sexism and patriarchy. No. We didn't, we, we, our, our participation went down with the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party been ignoring black people, black males. And black people. And black people for a long time. We're not, I mean, representation don't work. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they, they've been sending that shit towards us for a minute. And yeah, I think it really happened with, you know what I'm saying, Barack. You know, we started getting a little more politically conscious and start really examining, like, is this, is, should we be rocking with them? You know, um, they tried to give us representational politics and that shit didn't work, you know. Um, so now we're dealing with this. Um, but I think black men are very, are much more resistant to the idea that the true black political identification is with the Democrats. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that they feel the Republican Party is that where we find our true political, mm-hmm. like a, a political project that is really true to us. Yeah. But the idea that the Democrats should, without warrant, be given, you know what I'm saying, this validity time after time. Uh, and there's a lot of black women resistant to that too. Yeah. Uh, and I think the numbers of black men and black women in that regard are growing. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, we can't in admitting that also we can't deny the uh, the agenda mm-hmm. of our colonizer. Yeah. And dividing us based on gender. And a lot of it is through this mammy type of black politics. Yeah. Which is trying to corral black male participation without any progress, without anything worthwhile given in return. Well, just, just with this fake ass collaboration or ideas of progress through black women yeah. symbolism doesn't go too well with black men um you, you're not gonna give us no symbolic gains and expect us to roll with that i mean especially once we become aware of it it's one thing if we ain't paying attention but if we are t- paying attention to it we're like hold on that shit ain't right we didn't get nothing out of this and you know I think that's what's going on right now. Black black men are starting to look at other alternatives because just because they don't vote Democrat don't mean they go vote Republican. A lot of them go vote independently. You know what I'm saying? So or abstain from the voting process entirely. Period. You know, as a protest of a lot of black and that is true. A lot of black men pretty much don't vote sometimes because it's like a silent protest against not being even considered in the whole picture anyway. 
exactly. I think some of it is not is I guess conscious and unconscious in in the sense that like they just don't identify themselves as part of that political process because of the intense marginalization. Yeah. Cult, even culturally, you know what I'm saying? There are significant ways in which American culture right now is opening itself up and extending the olive branch to black women and black mm-hmm. femininity. We have to be able to admit that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, in doing so, you know, we got to be attentive to, you know what I'm saying, the messages being put out about black men at the same time. I mean, because, you know, capital, what did Kwame Ture say? Capitalism lies, lies all of the time. Yeah. Not some of the time. <laughs> Capitalism lies all of the time. Well, I mean, you know, everybody in this generation is woke, supposedly. And so me and you, Sonny, understanding racism, understanding racism is a misandric aggression. Um, it's not in the interest of any damn party to center black males in the United States of America. You know what I'm saying? Um, if, if we're going to be centered, we got to center ourselves. You know, um, that being said, yes, they are going to be more welcoming to um, our sisters, you know, in, in the political process, because one, they don't see them as a threat. You know, they don't look at them as being threatening to them. They can manipulate them through children and other things. And look at the short-sighted ways they even view black women culturally. Yeah. It's mainly things related to sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. As far as how white society mm -hmm. perceives a black woman culturally. Yeah. You know, uh, and, you know, that's something that, you know, us Africana womanists, Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, especially Afri- African women that identify with womanism. We got to really talk about, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, how do we combat that? I mean, um, like I said, they're more comfortable with them there. It's us, a cult- it's cultural battle. Yeah. With us battling, with, with us in that arena, there's a natural, I think, re- well, no, any time black people, men and women, are in the arena, it's always, and especially within this white supremacist system, it's always going to be some form of battle. You know what I'm saying? It's always going to be some form of confrontation there. Um, but as I said, racism, misandric aggression, they're not going to center us. We got to center ourselves. The fact, though, that they always rely on the shit that of, of sexism and patriarchy. So we just sexist and we patriarchy now, so this is why we didn't want to vote for her. Be honest with you, we had a problem with Stacey Abrams the last time she ran. We was calling that shit out from the rip. When they were putting her name up as, um, I think they wanted her to actually try to run for what, vice president at one point in time yeah, with Kamala? Was one, of her na- one of the names out there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Same thing. You know what I'm saying? We looked at the politics of them when we didn't want to vote for Kamala. And we and, and black men protested against Kamala and black women protested against us so, co-signing that. They said, oh, it's because of patriarchy and sexism that these men don't want to vote for her. It ain't got nothing to do with her track record locking niggas up. And this is my message to anybody that want any Democrat or the black Democrats that want black more black men to vote. You know what I'm saying? Like. Or wondering why, you know, what I'm saying, I guess certain changes or shifts is happening or whatever the case may be, you know, there's a lot of people that are apathetic and looking for a major breakaway, a major change, you know what I'm saying, a major shift, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And unless you're going to 
tie voting into a larger black political project that is nationalist and affirms and resonates with black men's political philosophy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Which is consistently misread as seeking white patriarchal power. You know, just like the part the ma the man said on there, the black man said, it's because of sexism and patriarchy. Hey, this, hey. This, this fake ass, you know, idea that black men are just seeking white patriarchal power. Hey, you remember what Cynthia G said on, uh, <laughs> we were talking to Dr. Uma. She said that black men fought for civil rights to go sleep with white women. <laughs> Insane You know what I'm saying We don't want to vote For the Democratic Party I guess next We want to go sleep With white women I guess too We can throw that one in there Bro This shit is all retarded and, and we know It's a colonial tactic To portray Colonized men As uniquely disloyal To the colonized community Franz Fernon We talk about every week Almost now Yeah But to cast us As disloyal yeah. It works so well in dividing the colonized community and making it more accepting yeah. of, colon uh, of colonialism. Yeah, it's about a counter tactic. You know what I'm saying? They need black men and black women separate, separated on all levels. You it, know what I I'm mean, saying? Colonial, f f uh, yeah, I don't know if this is a term yet, colonial philanthropy. If we can convince this group of women that their males are savage, then we can invite them into a situation where they're reliant on our aid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And such a material reliance yes. will change and open people up. It aids assimilation. Yes. Yes. You hit it right on the goddamn note. The, the Assimilation is the colonial. That's the goal of colonialism. You know what I'm saying? To assimilate you into the system. but And then we're going to exploit you. You know? So... Yeah, that was a good breakdown right there, Keith. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's really what it is, you know? Um, they have to make us seem backwards. You know what I'm saying? This is the piercing at the culture. You know what I'm saying? Because women pass on culture. Men may create it, but women pass it on. And when you go directly into a culture and you want to colonize them, um, especially after you've already defeated the men in war. Then they go in and they, they, they prey on that. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's just a colonial tactic that they use. they still using. Um, they're trying to play the tactic now. But I'm seeing black men, you know what I'm saying, really starting to wake up a little bit more politically. They're starting to ask, you know, um, T.S.I. Johnson, he does a little thing. He has a black... Uh, black male political agenda I've seen other brothers trying to get more into that and talk about what we need to be asking for and it's like this you're not going to get I want it to get to the point where you're not going to just come to black males and we're not just going to vote just because you are a democrat you're going to have to talk to us as a constituency I want to see the black community do that I think black, black men need to feel the pride of electing our own leaders Yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah Electing our own representation you know and, and holding them accountable Right And yeah. it has to be done there, Of course there are ways In certain locations Especially in the south Where it would make sense To do that mm -hmm. In already established Political machinery Yeah But we need a nationalist inf Political infrastructure All to our own A black nationalist one mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying Where we can go through Those type of Because I mean To pursue that you have so many dots have to be connected. Yeah. And those are exactly the dots that we got to pursue mm -hmm. to tie our media to an actual political machinery. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's for us, by us. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, and, uh, you know, that's more important than uh, the typical vote. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, cast the, the net too wide, but the typical vote within existing machinery yeah. pales in comparison in terms of importance to the black community and black men than a, than, uh, a black nationalist political agenda. Mm-hmm. And for autonomy, for self determination, mm-hmm. uh, a, a pride like we have to bring voting within the existing political machinery into a into that type of political project mm-hmm. for black men to be politicized in a in a culturally relevant way yeah. to vote to vote. Yeah, but it, you're not just going to badger them for their you know perceived faults yeah. into voting. Yeah, it's not going to happen, Aki. Nah, they, I mean I hate to say it. Um, they mentioned Kevin Samuels, and uh, but in that era, they already seen how he acted when he got taken out the game, when he left the earth. Um, now you're involving this man in politics. This man is a, a relationship coach. Now he get thrown straight up into politics. Now we ain't voting for Democrat because of Kevin Samuels? Really? They use any scapegoat to try to, to cover up the failures of their um, focusing on black males or centering black males or having a plan that centers black males. We don't have to, they don't have to center black males in the whole political agenda of black people. But if you want us to vote for you, you're going to have to be able to give us some type of tangibles. And as I said, in this era, we're starting to realize that all that talking and, 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 and representation and all that shit don't mean nothing no more. That shit's dead. You know what I'm saying? Capitalism has swallowed that. Ate that up, spit it up, and exploited it. Now, you know what I'm saying, people want tangibles. I think the black community in general want tangibles. You know what I'm saying? But they're relying on a certain group or sect, not sector, but a, a large group of black people. And I think we have been voting um, maybe even in the last 50 years on aesthetic. Facts. And I mean, I think through all the shifts that occurred after the Black Power Movement, 70s, 80s, we're in a position, Aki, we're never going to get these national, like, reparative type of tangibles mm-hmm. without an independently organized black political infrastructure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That is making the demand. Yeah. And that has black people working in unison on a national basis. Yeah. It's not going to be elect, elect, uh, people elected through their machinery that represent our interests in, in that type of way and and listen to build that machinery we we cannot vote for that machinery yeah that's why you know what I'm saying when when people say it's on black men to change things that part I can agree with yeah we're not gonna lie about the history though yeah you know what I'm saying and how we got here and black men's political motivations yeah you know what I'm saying because that gets into gaslighting and of course I care about black men too much for that yeah you know what I'm saying yeah and it, it, that's not the way to do it Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it is on us as black men to build what we got to build to get our people out of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, black women are an equal part in that project. Yeah. Uh, but it's all like black men in this, you know, culturally marginal position. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, we got a unique struggle. You know what I'm saying? 
we're, we're targeted uniquely culturally, socially, yeah. politically, economically, mm-hmm. and we got a unique struggle and response to do so. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Part of that is independent black male politics, political, you know, organizations, but it, it's also, you know, black, you know, culturally relevant. Yeah. And it, you know, and 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 in good nature black male leadership yeah. that the black community is already calling for. Yeah. But you know, these liberal white funded movements, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, uh they ignore it. Yeah, they ignore that. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we you know, it's a task at hand that you know what I'm saying we gotta work on and, and get right. And we are working on it. I think we're getting better at it through time. We actually starting to make um or question things. Um I think it's going to come to a time when, you know, we have to start organizing. Um, that's always the key to um, making anything happen with us in this country. We got to start organizing. Um, we don't necessarily have. Um, it was a lot easier when the church was a focal point in the community. And I'm not talking about the religion, just the institution. Um, so you can filter politics through there. The pastors actually used to talk about this shit in the pulpit, you know. And we used to organize this stuff from the pulpit. We don't necessarily have a central uh, uh, institution in the community that can foster that conversation. But that's where I think black men got to get to the point of being able to do, being able to rebuild an institution somewhere or build an institution within the communities that can foster these type of conversations. And it may start to some extent in the beginning by men doing it. You know what I'm saying? Because they tell us we got the bill. So that may be one of the first things that we definitely need to build. You know what I'm saying? A type of structure within the community that can do that job and that task. But uh, we're not going to keep y'all long. We're going to keep it moving to next week. You know, we got uh, our plan is to review the Woman King uh, for next week. So me and Aki will both be viewing it in the meantime. And uh, look forward to that. I know we got some spicy details, spicy takes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some real hot shit. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to keep that fire lit on our side. We hope y'all do too. And catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace.